if I ever say something to a client or if I do something and I stuff up, you've got to have my back as I will have your back. We're going to stuff up, we're going to make mistakes, but we always have to have each other's back. So if a person makes a decision, let's say we sell something and we lose money on it, well, we've got to follow through. We've got to keep mm. our word. Yeah. So you've got to keep each other's back. And that was the best advice I was given by Michael when we started our business. Yeah. Welcome to the Kind Boss Podcast, brought to you by Outsourcing Angel, an Australian-based social enterprise that specializes in helping business owners free up their time and reduce staffing costs while helping to create employment opportunities for people in developing countries. Visit outsourcingangel.com today. Now, let me welcome your host, Lynn Pedetti. Hello, kind listeners. I'm your host, Lynn Pedetti. Today, we'll be speaking to Steve Saradellas, CEO and Enterprise Network Architect of T-Bar. T-Bar is a certified Citrix specialist that empowers and teaches people new ways of doing things. Steve helps his clients implement the best technologies and techniques to get results, especially technologies that enable people to remain productive even when they're not at their desk. Specializing in Citrix technologies, cloud technologies, Microsoft technologies, and business continuity plans and disaster recovery plans, Steve designs multi-site solutions for his clients that enables access to centralized information systems from any device, fast and secure. Listen on as Steve shares how he helps medium and large corporations access their systems and data from anywhere, be it at home or at the beach. and welcome to another episode of the Kind Boss Podcast. And today I have my long-term client and friend, Steve, Sarah Dellis. Did I pronounce it right now? Sarah Dellis. Pretty close, Link. <laughs> Pretty close. Okay, Steve P from, from Tiba. I, I would always avoid your surname because it's so long. And I go with Steve P from Tiba. How are you, Steve? Excellent, Link. Excellent. Yeah. So Steve, you're in Queensland, you're enjoying the sunshine, but you actually have a business in Melbourne. And so <laughs> I really want you to share a little bit about your business and how do you manage to run a company in Melbourne and living and enjoying a lifestyle in, in Queensland? So about seven years ago, I moved from Melbourne to Sunshine Coast and it was all due to Melbourne winters. They, they were very cold and depressing. So yeah. we were moving out of our apartment that got sold. The landlord sold to someone that wanted to move in. And we thought, well, where can we go next? And my wife suggested that we come to the Sunshine Coast, where she had lived here about 35 years ago. So we checked it out. It was really good. So we, we moved up. And yeah, I've been running the company from the Sunshine Coast since then. It's not to say that I, I totally run it remotely, because I come down to Melbourne every month for seven to 10 days, except for the last four months, for obvious reasons. Yeah. <laughs> no. No one's allowed to come and go from Melbourne or Victoria for that matter. So unfortunately, been stuck here in Queensland. Yeah. Uh, just, for, just for everyone's sake, I'll just turn my camera around for a second. This is where I'm unfortunately stuck. Just yeah. rub it in, rub it in. <laughs> so, sorry, so, sorry, people in Victoria and New South Wales. Yeah. Steve, you actually, well, you work remotely, but you actually offer and help people get online and work remotely with their company, right? Tell us more about the whole remote working using Citrix. You're, I guess you're, you're the authorized seller of Citrix and something like that, right? Yeah, Tell us more. yeah. We're, 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 we're what we call a Citrix Platinum Partner. So yes. 
what we basically do is help medium and large corporates to access their corporate systems and data from lots of locations, including from home. So given the COVID-19 situation, in early March till about mid-April, we had a crazy time because yes. <laughs> everybody wanted to work from home. And even though they were set up to do it, they weren't set up to have everybody working. Yeah. So for us, that was super busy. But that's, that's what we do. We actually help organizations to securely get access to their applications and data. Yeah. And so you've been running a business for like over 20 years. Did you always kind of do this kind of remote working business or was it something different before and then kind of evolve into remote working? Yeah, look, we always offered this sort of solution that about 12 years ago, we started to specialize in it. So we were the classic, we do everything for just about everyone situation. And then about 12 years ago, we decided to focus and said, well, this is the one specific thing we do. And we specifically do it for this sort of company and this size of company. So we mainly work with organizations that have a head office on the eastern board of Australia. So either Melbourne, Sydney or Brisbane. And they generally have locations either, you know, all over the state, all over the country or even all over the world. Yes. It doesn't matter where they have their, their people. So, yes, we decided to specialize about 12 years ago. Yeah. And it seems as if you've already had the one, well, you're always one step ahead of everybody. Because, I mean, remote working, I mean, for, for myself, when I used to work remote, it was kind of foreign to people. And, but, you know, now through the COVID, it's like, oh, it is, a, it is a future. It is the way to be. But like, yeah, what made you get into that business? And how did you know that? Or did you kind of foresee that remote was kind of the future? Or, yeah, what was it that kind of tied you into this business? Yeah, look, my business partner, Craig, he's been working with this technology for just on 30 years now. Mm -hmm. It's been a very long time. So he started working with the technology when it, when it first came out. And personally, when I moved back, moved up to Queensland, I should say, seven years ago, then it just became a natural part of life for myself and my wife, who's the financial controller. We just work remotely. And even when we travel interstate or overseas, we just continue working. There's no interruption to our work. Obviously, traveling overseas, you're in a different time zone, but it doesn't really stop us from doing what we do. So we got into it because my business partner was really into it, and he came on board about 12 years ago. And that's when we decided to actually specialize in this, in this environment. And we went from working with small and medium businesses to working with medium and very large businesses. Mm -hmm. So we found that, that the bigger businesses, because they have a much bigger workforce, then there's always, you know, certain people that need to work from different locations. But yes, this year has, as we've said, has been particularly interesting. And yeah, it, it is starting to become the, the new normal. But for us, it's always been the normal. When, when we all went into lockdown, nothing much changed for us. People just kept working from home. As you would know, we have people working from the Philippines. Yeah. So we've had a person, I think she's been with us for what, six years now? Yeah, nearly. Yep. Yeah, it's, nearly, it's, it's over five years. So, yes. Yeah. Young Sherry has been with us for, yeah, almost, almost six years now. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, providing that technology to our people in the Philippines, again, natural. That, that's what we do for our customers. We use it ourselves. Yeah, as, yeah. Do you see the challenges that small business owners have? Is it similar to the bigger businesses? Same concerns around remote working or security? Or do they have a different kind of questions when they come and work with you? Yeah, interesting. Because we, we used to work exclusively with the very small businesses to medium businesses. And we're mm. actually getting back into the, the sort of small medium enterprise now. Small medium being businesses that have 
between 50 and 1,000 people. But the reality is we still have customers that, that have five people and one of them works remote. So, for example, the owner might say, listen, I just need to be able to work from home certain days or when I'm traveling overseas, I want to make sure I can securely log in through my iPad, check the figures of the business, check what's going on, and then you know, log off again and, and, and stay on leave. So we found that the needs are similar. It's just that people put a different priority on it. Let's, let's put it that way. Mm. Large corporates obviously have got different ways to spend their money. Mm -hmm. And some of them you know, set up remote access just by setting up what we call a VPN, which mm -hmm. you know, means that you've got to carry around a corporate laptop or a corporate device to, to make sure it's secure. And other ones go, well, no, we want our people to log in from wherever they are on any device. And that's the ones that we can really help. We found that smaller business owners, they struggle a little bit because they obviously don't have the sort of same IT budgets, but they definitely have the exact same needs. They want to work okay. from wherever they are and they want to, want to be able to do it easily and securely. Yeah. So around security, what are some of the tips that you have or, or what are the services that you provide to make sure that you know, you can set up a very secured workforce. Yeah, look, the way that we set up systems, um, we use a term that's known as security is baked in. And what we mean by security is baked in is that the way we design systems, the, the information is stored centrally. So it's either stored in a corporate data center or in a cloud somewhere, the, the C word that we're all using these days, the cloud. And what that means is that when the people log in, they're not actually pulling the data down to their device. They're actually consuming it from the cloud. And because it stays on the cloud and, and they're just remotely accessing it, the security means that, that that information is not flowing between their corporate servers and their device. Mm. And because it isn't, then it doesn't, the security doesn't matter on their device. The, the device could get compromised, but the information never leaves the data center or the, the secure cloud that we put it in. Ah, interesting, yep. So it's just a different way of doing things where the information doesn't travel with you. It stays in the central location. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So take me back to when you hired Cherry from us, right? So what we do is we kind of help you recruit the person, but it's really kind of up to you and individual to kind of set up that working arrangement together. So what did you kind of have to do to, to ensure that, yeah, she was working through a secured way with you? Cause I, you know, I, I run my business very differently. It's kind of, you know, most like home-based job, right? Everything's just yeah. like social media marketing. There's not much of a accessing any intranet or any kind of company data. So I didn't have to deal with that kind of problem for myself. So yeah, I'd love to hear for someone like yourself and how you managed to work with like a Filipino person, for example, working from home. Yeah, yeah. So look, again, because we set these systems up with much larger companies and look, our company is only 25 people. So even though we specialize in, in this system and we're one of six, now maybe seven of what we call the platinum partners in Australia. So we play in the big end of town. We play with the big boys. But because we only do one thing, you know, our organization is relatively small. But we, we literally implement the exact same technology the large corporates have. So in Sherry's example, she had an old laptop at home. Mm -hmm. She could plug in an external screen to it. We then bought her a, like a small desktop computer and, and, and had her connect a couple of screens. But as far as, as she's concerned, she connects up every morning and she, her computer runs in Melbourne. Mm. All she sees is the screen that the computer produces. So, so basically, you know, if something happens to her computer, she can switch back to her laptop, keep working. So 
we set it up the exact same way that we would set up a large corporate. We, ah. we gave her that remote access to her own little desktop with all the applications and data that she needs to do her day-to-day work. There's yeah, nothing special on her computer. Yeah, really interesting because I think we need to talk more after this show, this podcast as well, because, you know, sometimes we do have questions from clients that are more, you know, sensitive about data and stuff. And I don't think we're giving them the right information. And I really think that it's really about, you know, them talking to you to really set it up right, right? Because we're, we're kind of giving advice around, you know, you can use things like LastPass to make sure that your password's not, you know, hacked in or whatever else, but the, all the other yeah. kind of technical stuff, and you're proven that you can do it remotely. It doesn't matter if they're from the Philippines or anywhere or how big your company is. You obviously have created an infrastructure or a way to work remotely without compromising on, on security and data. So definitely need to yep. talk. But before yeah. I go on to my next set of questions, I wanted to break it up with a section called High Five. This is the get to know Steve part. Uh, you just have to choose between this or that answer so that we get to know yep. a little bit about Steve, all right? All right, number one is... Steve Jobs or Bill Gates? And oh, yeah, by the way, you got to explain why as well. Say, so, you know, you choose your choice oh. and you elaborate as well, okay? <laughs> Steve Jobs or Bill Gates? Okay, that's a hard one. Uh, definitely Steve Jobs. And, and uh, if you'd asked me about 20 years ago, I would have said Bill Gates. But uh, no, a lot of respect for Steve Jobs, what he was able to do and turn Apple around. And I'm on an Apple device. You can see my yeah. earplugs <laughs> Pro in my, in my ear. And look, 20 years ago, I would have said, there's no way I would use an Apple device. Mm-hmm. But when, when Apple came out with the iPhone and the iPad, and a funny story, we were, my business partner was in the States when the iPad came out. Mm-hmm. And he was in a conference with 5,000 people. And they said, oh, the, the new Citrix thing runs on the iPad now. And everybody went to the Apple stores that day just to buy an iPad <laughs> because they could, they could now remotely access their corporate systems on an iPad. Yeah. And they'd run out of iPads. Mm. Now, he usually wears a shirt that has the, the logo of the product that we do, Citrix. And the person at the Apple store thought he worked for Citrix. He said, ah, oh, I've got these four iPads here for you. <laughs> and Craig just played dumb. And so he bought the iPads. Unbeknown to me, he bought them, brought them back to Australia. And apparently my wife ordered one. My other business partner got one. His wife got one. He got one. So we had the first four iPads in Australia. They wouldn't even let us connect to the iTunes store because they w- we weren't supposed to have them. So yeah, what yeah the short story. answer is Steve, Steve Jobs, Jobs all the way. Steve yeah, Jobs. what a great story. Okay, number two, eating outside or eating at home, like cooking at oh, home. Jeez, <laughs> another interesting question. So for about 15 years, I would eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner out. Up until six months ago, that was the case. Yeah. Since six months ago and since lockdown, I've gone from eating at home five times a year, yeah, yeah. Pizza, five times a year, to eating out about five, five times, times in the last six months. Yeah. So I've, I've turned from eating out to eating at home. And is it more enjoyable? Like, I know you have kind of forced to because of the, like, let's say the environment, but are you enjoying it? Like, you, you like it now at home? Yeah, I actually do. I do. I've been in a bit of a health kick for the last six months. So yeah. that's super helped. Yeah, so yeah. At home. Awesome. All right. Number three, comfort or style? Uh, <laughs> comfort first, style second. And this is a man that's been encouraging me to go on business class because I've been a tight ass and said, oh, I could go on 
10 economy <laughs> and he's like that wait till you go to one good one <laughs> all right yeah, I, should, I shouldn't tell you i flew back from port douglas in business class yesterday i will oh. mention that <laughs> too late now all right number four kindness or generosity okay these are good questions Lee. good questions yeah i can't i can't choose between those two but if i had to say one over the other i would say kindness first generosity second yeah, kindness will drive generosity. But kindness can kind of go everywhere, anyway, anything. Mm. Yeah? yeah, love that. Yeah. All right, final question. AFL or NRL? Oh, AFL, AFL, AFL. Oh, okay. The Melbourne <laughs> guy coming out. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, we definitely got to know Steve a bit more there. Well, let's get back to the podcast show. Want to make a difference in others' lives? Join us in providing food, medical supplies, and daily living necessities to tribal communities living in extreme poverty in the Philippines. For as little as $50, you can feed a whole village and have peace of mind that 100% of your donations goes directly to those in need. Be a part of our OA Love Projects and visit OutsourcingAngel.com. I really wanted to praise you for your leadership. Like ever since I've worked with you, I've just been so amazed at your, the way you lead your company and the way you make people feel. Even me, I'm not, I don't work in your company, but just a supplier or, or, or you know, partner, partner, partner. yeah, a partner in, in business. And yet you make me feel like a family. And like, where did that stem from? Were you inspired by, by someone when you were growing up to be a great leader or yeah. Where did you get that awesome leadership skill from? Oh, thanks. Luke. I, I appreciate you saying that. Look, I was lucky when I started in business, I had a business partner that was a lot older than me. Mm -hmm. And he had been in business for many, many years. He'd actually run public companies. So he was the CEO of publicly listed companies. And, and he unfortunately went through a phase in the 80s where they weren't called venture capital in those days. There were people that put money into companies and buy them. And they would give him broken companies for him to fix. And he found that it was, it was a terrible job. He'd, he'd have to fire a lot of people and do a lot of things that he did not enjoy. And he finally got out of it and just ran his own small business. And he ran it like a family business because mm. it was a family business. Yep. So we joined forces back in 1998 and we, we formed a company together and it started as a family business. So when we brought the first person on board, it happened to be my wife. Yep. Part of the family. Okay. She, yep. we, we brought her on board to do the books and the admin and stuff like that. And as we grew, we just kept adding what we call family members to the business. Mm. So even though they weren't our actual family, we treated them like family. So yeah, the business started with two people and, and we ran it like a family business. Yeah. And, and, we, still, you know, and we still do. And it's amazing that you've been with your business partner since 1998, let's say. And what are the secrets to succeeding in a partnership? Because I know that's uh, challenging. Okay, so is that my first business partner is retired. Okay, yep. So, so he retired in the mid-2000s, and then I took on two other business partners. Yeah. So, so Michael, my first partner, he's long retired, or, or as we joke around, retarded now. Uh, <laughs> I love that joke. <laughs> so basically, then I had another business partner, Christian, come on board. We, we merged our companies, and Christian has moved on. He now is our accountant. Mm -hmm. So he didn't move too far. Yeah. He went to work for his dad and his sister. And my, my current business partner, Craig, who's been with me for 12 years. Yeah, he's Mr. Citrix. He's the one that, that actually has all the knowledge and uh, capabilities in that area. So really, I've always had business partners. It always, it's always worked well with business mm. partners. 
and we've always had that sort of family ethos where anyone that comes on board is part of the family. And given, you know, we're 25 people, we're not a huge corporate that people get lost. Yeah. And become Was a there a reason why you've chosen going down the path of always partnering with someone versus trying to, I guess, hustle it yourself? Yeah, good question. I don't know. I was lucky to start with a business partner and I know it doesn't always work out for people mm. with business partners that they have issues, but because Michael had so much experience and ran so many businesses, I guess I was, I was brought up right to run a business. Mm. Like I, I learned about accounting, marketing, sales, you know, I was technical to start with. And, mm. you know, after a few years, I actually said, Michael, I'm thinking of doing an MBA. And he turned around and said, why? I go, well, I want to get all that knowledge. He goes, well, you've been doing it on the job. Yeah. yeah. You realize you've done everything. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I gave up on doing the MBA at that stage. But yeah, the fact that I started off with a business partner just seems natural to me. And I continued mm. having business partners. What advice would you have around partnership? You know, like sometimes we get clouded by maybe meeting someone and I guess maybe monetarily they could invest in the business and you might get clouded or I don't know, maybe you just get along, your personality get along real well and you think you should get in partnership. Like what would be some of the key advice you would have for us to be, I almost hear like you're going through a relationship, right? If you're inexperienced, you would kind of jump in and be like kind of mesmerized by the infatuation versus kind of like true love, right? And so I haven't actually figured this out yet. So I would love to get your input on how do you find the perfect business partner? What what should you look out for? Yeah, it's a really good question. And and look, having reflected on, I've had three business partners, still have one. You gotta be aligned in where you're going, number one, right? If you're both going in the same direction, two, three people, depending how many it is, then things can go right. Another thing is when I started with my first business partner, he, he sat me down and, and we had a bit of a talk about business partnership. And he said, look, whatever happens, we've got to have each other's back. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's like being parents to a child. Like mm-hmm. you can't have one parent saying one thing and another parent saying something else. Yep. So the best advice he gave me is, listen, if I ever say something to a client or if I do something and I stuff up, you've got to have my back as I will have your back. We're going to stuff up, we're gonna make mistakes, but we always have to have each other's back. So if a person makes a decision, let's say we sell something and we lose money on it, well, we gotta follow through. We gotta keep mm. our word. Yeah. So you gotta keep each other's back. And that was the best advice I was given by Michael when we started our business. Yeah. The other thing is that what we've done in the last probably eight years ago, I think we did this, we sat down and wrote formal agreements as to what would happen if something was dramatic was to happen in the future. Mm. So for, we went and saw a law firm and we basically got a, an agreement written up to say, well, what happens if one of us passes away? Mm. What happens to the business? Do, do our partners take a share in it? Do we get insurance? What do we do? What happens if someone changes their mind and wants to leave the business? Yeah. Okay. What if, happens if someone gets sick? So we went through all the what if scenarios and we actually wrote out a, let's call it an agreement, which once we wrote it, we put it away. It's not something that you want to refer to, but just in case something happens, everybody knows where they stand. Yeah. And, and it, I mean, I did that after probably 15 years in business. We, we didn't really have any written agreements, but I think that was a great idea to put that in place. 
We've never had to use it, refer to it, but it is in place. Yeah, I think that's so important. And if you could do it again, you would probably do it earlier, right? Even though you didn't do it and you yeah. didn't have to for 15 years, you would recommend doing it earlier. And I think, I yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> the other part is, I think sometimes my fear of that person changing direction. Like you might have the same values and you want the same thing at the beginning, but what if things just change, right? Lifestyle change. Yeah. And what if one person kind of works less, than the other puts less effort in is this what that's where you just put it in agreement at the beginning right because you just yeah. yeah yeah look with the effort we spoke about that at the beginning as well mm. and we differentiated between working in the business and being a business owner mm-hmm. and this is where people get those two confused sometimes being a business owner means at the end of the year if the business makes a profit depending what percentage of the business you own let's say it's 50 50 as an example yep. you get 50 percent of the profits mm-hmm but when you're working in the business, you may have different roles. Mm-hmm. You may work different hours. You should get paid on the role that you have. Ah, interesting. Okay. So there's two parts to it, like kind of like a business. Oh, sorry, if you're, if you're working in it, you kind of get compensated for the work that you do in there. And then as the business grows, you split the, the dividend, the profit differently. Correct. Correct. You've got, you got to differentiate between the two because Let's say one business partner retires as an example, right? Well, they're not going to get paid to work in the business, but they still own a share in the business, just like owning shares in a, in, let's say you buy Commonwealth Bank shares, yeah? They pay a dividend at the end of the year. So my advice is differentiate between the two. Don't use the business as a, a personal bank account where you just pay yourself out of the business random amounts of money. Have a salary and then share in the profit separately. Interesting. I love that. I never, yeah, never really thought of that. Okay. Well, it's nearly the, the 30 minutes are nearly there. So I'm going to have a few more questions for you. Since this is a kind boss podcast, I want to know what does kind boss mean to you? Interesting question. Okay. You got all these great questions. <laughs> uh, to me, kind boss means being direct and honest with people. Okay. So we have the word nice and what nice means in our organization. And I got this from a previous business coach is nothing inside of me cares enough. Mm. So we have a saying to not be nice to people. And what that means is if you're being nice to someone it means that you're not being authentic and you're not telling them the truth, mm. you're not being direct. So being nice is not a good thing in our organization. So to me, it's about being direct and authentic with the person and making sure they know where they, sta- they stand and they know where you stand. Yeah. So to me, that's the, that's the most important thing. Love it. And how would you approach it? So, you know, like what would be, what is your method of confronting? Or, uh, there's a word that I've heard from someone called confrontation. Is that? Yeah. Is that, is sorry, care, sorry, huh? sorry not, not confrontation, caretation. Anyway, wrong word. I can't remember now. But it's really about how do you confront in a caring way by kind of, you know, say something nice first and then with a, then say the truth. Is there a method that you use? You mean a shit sandwich? Shit sandwich. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you give them something positive, then you give them the shit, then you give them something positive. Yeah, we, so, we, yeah. Try, we tried shit sandwiches a long time ago. People don't appreciate them. They know they're coming. Mm-hmm. So for us, it's about just if something good needs to be said, say it. If some feedback needs to be given, give it. Just, just imagine you're the person getting the feedback, right? You don't want to go through a whole shit sandwich. You just want to know what, what is it that you can do better? What is it that you can correct if it, if it is a behavior that needs to be corrected? And also making sure that people know they're allowed to make mistakes. 
Mm. Maybe once, maybe twice, but a third time, you know, you, you got to pick up your socks if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. But is there a way that you would say it to avoid being too mean or too direct? Like, is there a, yeah. some, some sort of strategy that you could share? Look, I, I used to do it in a nice way. Okay. Mm. And I actually found that didn't work. People actually appreciate honesty. And when we say directness, you don't have to be rude or, or overbearing and stuff like that. You, you communicate to the person at the earliest possible convenience yeah. when something good happens or something needs, something bad happens that needs to be discussed. And over time, you build trust. Okay. And, and, and one of the things that I, I was making the mistake in my early career, as in running a business, is that I, I had the need to be liked first yeah. uh-huh. and my business partner said no 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 no. you need to be you need to have respect first and then maybe you'll be liked mm. so i found that going the other way works better making sure that there's mutual respect and if the person then likes you that's great but wanting to be liked first does not necessarily mean you'll be respected yeah yeah good point and so let's just say a real example if i have to say something to someone do i say is it okay if i if i give you the feedback or do i just go hey just want to let you know that when you did this this so go straight for it or kind of asking permission to give them that heads up so i'm looking for the right the the exact practical strategy here so i could walk away using it tomorrow right (laughs) yeah 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 fair enough fair enough look we go into a bit of a science on this so i'm not gonna have time to fully explain it but people have different communication methods. So for some people, they'll want to direct, let's say they'll want you to be super direct. Why the people you have to soften the message? So we do a lot of profiling in our organization. So people may have heard of Myers-Briggs or DISC profiling. So we use all of that. And if somebody is what we call in DISC, a high D, which is a very direct person, there's no good beating around the bush. You just walk Ah. up to them and say, Joe, you know this thing? Screw up. Yep. What are you going to do? I'm going to do this to fix it. Great. Thank you. Where somebody else, you might have to sit down and say, hey, Sherry, you know that thing, you know? Uh, well, this happened and really we should have done it this way. Mm-hmm. So you've literally got to tailor your message to the person. There is no correct way or uh, one way. Good point. Opinion, right? That makes so much sense. Yeah, because everyone's going to be so different and, and how you do it might be, yeah. That is so true. And, and that's why you did take a lot of care in when you were recruiting Cherry. You also wanted her, even though she's from the Philippines, to actually go through a profile test so that you could really understand her as well. So that you could, yep. yeah. Yep. That's yeah. a must in our, in our organization. You've got, to, you've got to go through all these so-called questionnaires because we want to know the person. Mm. So we look at the person first, look at their profile, see if it's suitable for the job. But then we get to know the person. And then we look at the resume second. Yeah, I love it. And I always love your kind of mindset around like, I, yeah, you, want to, you wanting to keep your staff or your VA forever because you feel like you've already put that investment in and you don't want them to go anywhere, right? Whereas no, I think no. Some, yeah, because <laughs> I think sometimes <laughs> small business owners, they kind of forget that the, the long-term benefit or the reward of keeping someone around versus kind of reacting to, you know, everyday challenges and letting go of staff easily because then you, you, you miss out on the loyalty the committed staff would you it's, say it's also very expensive to keep changing people because if you hire incorrectly you should de-hire very quickly mm. but i found out years ago and we've got this from a business coach is to put all the effort into hiring so you don't have to worry about de-hiring mm, yeah right? so get get the right person for the job even if it takes longer 
And you know, if they stay with you for five, 10 years, that's great. If they're not gonna work out, you'll, you'll figure that, that out really quickly. Yeah, now Cherry's definitely very lucky to work with you. Well, I have one last question for you. What do you want the world to remember Steve for? Ah, okay. <laughs> Good question. Look, me for being honest and authentic with people, right? And, and letting people know what they need to hear as opposed to sometimes what they want to hear. Mm. That's my mission in life in the last few years, just yeah. being honest and direct with people. Oh, you have, and you've been so kind as well. You do it in a way that's kind. Like I actually, I learned a lot about you today because I, I always thought you as this kind person. Yeah, like there, there is that side of you that you really want to, you know, be straightforward with people as well and you want them to kind of, yeah, grow in the, in the right way because you, you care about yeah. them. That's the thing. It, kindness is not and nice. Point, yeah. It's not just being too nice. Well, thank no. you so much, Steve. Thanks, oh, actually, before they, you go, so people connect with you on LinkedIn. Is that how they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll, I'll connect with anyone on LinkedIn. Just send me a connection note. I'll hit accept. <laughs> the friendly guy right there. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Enjoy your beach. Thanks, Link. Ciao for now. Yeah. Thank you for joining our podcast today. We hope this interview has inspired and humbled you to be a kind boss. Please don't forget to subscribe to our channel and let us know what you think about our show. If you have any questions, please visit OutsourcingAngel.com. Until then, stay kind and spread love.